God and the community of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also, the Lord be with you. And also with you, let us pray. Bountiful God, you gather your people into your realm, and you promise us food from your tree of life. Nourish us with your word, that empowered by your spirit, we may love one another and the world you have made. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. The first reading is from Acts. When the day of the Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And, su and suddenly from heaven there came a sound like a rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in, in the native language of each. <clears throat> Amazed and astonished, they asked, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia. Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rose, from Rome, both Jewish-born and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. In our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power, and were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, you Judeans and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your youth shall see visions, and your elders shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy, and I will show portents, in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Palms. How, man <clears throat> how manifold are your works, O Lord. In wisdom you have made them all. The earth is full of your creations. 
Yonder is the sea, great and wide, with its swarms to many number, living things both great and great. There go the ships to and fro, and the Leviathan which you made for the sport of it. All of them look to you to give their food to see. You give it to them, they gather it, you open your hand, and they are filled with good things. When you hide your face, they are terrified. When you take away their breath, they die and return to their dust. You send forth your spirit, and they are created, and so you renew the face of the earth. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. O Lord, rejoice in all your works. You look at the earth and it trembles. You touch the mountains and they smoke. I will sing to you while I live. I will praise my God while I have my being. May these words of mine please God. I will rejoice, rejoice in the Lord. Bless the Lord, my soul, hallelujah. The second reading is Romans. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you had received a spirit of adoption. When we cry, Abba, Father, it is that very Spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, in, if, in fact, we suffer with Christ so that we may also be glorified with Christ. The Lord, the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today's gospel readings from the Gospel of St. John, chapter 14, starting at verse 8. Glory to you, O Lord. Philip said to Jesus, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own, but it is the Father who dwells in me, who does these works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and in fact will do greater works than these, because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever." This is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees nor knows that spirit. You know that spirit because that spirit abides with you and will be in you. I have said these things to you while I am still with you, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated at this time. I invite the little Lutherans to come forward. Gee, you were waiting. Because, huh? 
all of you. Where's Ava Marie? Oh, downstairs? Okay. All right. Today's a big day in the church, guys. Can you guys tell me why it's such a big day? Because um, it's a birthday. Yeah, it's a birthday. Do you know who or what is having a birthday today? Yeah. Well, Jesus is older than what I'm thinking. This, this, this thing is having, celebrating 200 and what year are we? Well, not this particular, but the large church, right? The church around the world, God's church, all of the church. Heaven? Heaven? <laughs> well, heaven's older than anything we could imagine. But, um, well, we're talking about God's worldwide church. And you know why it's today's his birthday? It's birthday, I should say. Because this is the day when the church was started back um, 2,000 years ago plus, right? When when the Holy Spirit came down. So do you guys remember the Holy Spirit? What's the Holy Spirit? Huh? God. God. Yep, that's an aspect of God, Jesus. right? Jesus, exactly. And, and he, and so the Holy Spirit came down and blew what on people's heads? Remember that story? The fire. Fire. All right, do you remember that? What do you think if you got fire on your head? That would be scary. Would it? Yeah. What do you think, Grant? Do you think it'd be scary? It'd be cool. It'd be hot. Ah, yeah, it'd be hot. Okay. I see. How about you, Ava Marie? What do you think? She doesn't have any opinions yet. Give her time. How about you, Gunther? What do you think? If you got fire on your head and painful. You know, if you had the fire on your head, you would look like me quickly. Right? Yeah. Yep. So, but the fire represented the Holy Spirit, right? And the Holy Spirit came down, and the fire represented God being with us. Isn't that neat? And the thing was, nobody was hurt. And you know what happened to them after the Holy Spirit came down? Did they speak, did they all speak English? What languages did they speak? Do you remember? I always feel bad for whoever reads the uh, first reading of the day uh, for for this Sunday, because they have to say all the crazy words. Spanish. Huh? Spanish. Spanish? Yeah, I'm sure Spanish was spoken. There was a whole, you know, Pamphylian, Cappadocian. There were so many other words that I always feel bad when people have to say it. Yep, and there were, I'm sure there were um, crazier ones, right? Uh, so, anyway... Today is the day where we celebrate not only the church, but just people and the diversity of the church, right? How, Im how immense this church is. And that God is with us no matter where we are or who we are or what we look like or anything like that. We, you know, no matter what country we live, we are all one in Christ. Isn't that neat? We're all together. Christ sees us the same as he sees somebody else in China or someone in Australia or South Africa. Okay, so it's pretty cool. All right, so what we're going to do today is we're going to have to sing happy birthday. cake. Well, we're not going to eat cake right away. I know you're waiting for that, but we're going to eat cake after church, okay? But we're going to blow out the cake candles. And, yep, so I have only asked for three because the church is too old to have all 2,019 candles. Well, it's not quite that old, but anyway. Um, but, so, I only have three. Do you know what the three represents? Um, green and yellow and... Uh, well, forget the colors. The colors doesn't mean anything. Just the number three. What do you think? God! Why three, though? 
How many aspects of God is there or are there? Three. Yeah, can you name them? God the Lord. Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. God is Lord, that's right. Lord is correct when you call on God, but the three aspects are God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, okay? So I'm going to uh, put this in here. I want to try. I want to put one in. Uh, you want to put one in? Me here, too. Grant, you put one in. I want one. All right, put the other one in. I should have had you just all put it to begin with. Yep. you got to put them together so that... All right, let's quickly, I'm, I need to get to the other church. There you go. Okay, don't put it too low. There you go. Okay. Whoa, now comes the fun part, right? Yeah. It's like when the fire. It won't light. There it's we go. It's like on people's heads. Yeah, it's like people's heads on fire. That's right. <laughs> All right, you ready? Yeah. On the count of three, when I say three, you will blow it out, okay? No spitting. But wait, we got to sing first. Ready? Go. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear church. Happy birthday to you. Oh, geez, okay. Thank you. You did. There's some spit, I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, okay, enough, Jackson. Okay, so I want you to remember today we're having a birthday party, but it's for everybody, okay? And the church is always about everybody, and we're called to be with everybody of Christ, okay? And so when we celebrate, we should always remember that we are part of a large family that stretches all around the world and that God is in the midst of all of us. And that's, what, that's the great gift of the church is that, that as together, or as a group, no matter where we are, God is with us, okay? All right, let us pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for loving us. Thank you so much for keeping us as part of your worldwide church and, and being in the midst of us, that when we forget sight of you, you are there to show us your glory, and we ask you, Lord, to bless this church and bless the worldwide church, so that we continue to bring forth your people and your mission. In your name we pray, amen. Okay, I'm going to take, keep. You want to take them out? Uh, no, okay, I'm going to just keep them over here, and then I'm going to close it, and then uh, Miss Janine will take it downstairs after service, okay? Aww. And by the way, thanks, Miss Janine, for making the cake. All right, thank you. You can go back to um, your pews. And for the, all the boys involved, it's going to be an extra long service. Oh, that'd be mean. <laughs> Let us pray. Oh, Lord, we once again come before you to celebrate not only your church's um, founding, but to also recommit ourselves before you. We ask you at this time to... Descend into our hearts, our minds, our souls, so that we are given a whole new inspiration and understanding of your working through your church and through us. Allow this time to be a time of regeneration and a time of renewal. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay. So today is a big day in the church. Sadly, uh, for a lot of its history, we don't seem to celebrate this day as much as we should, and often is because it comes in our Western culture at a time when we're on vacation or graduation or Sunday, I mean, um, ending of Sunday school or, or camp. And so there's so much 
things that are happening during the time of at Pentecost that people forget that it's a big deal. Um, I once read an article where the person who wrote it made an argument that, um, that other than Easter being the most important, Good Friday being the second most important, that maybe Pentecost should be right behind those two, even before Christmas, because it's so important. And why is it important? Because we are given the gift of the Holy Spirit. We're given an aspect of God in a way that we can never fully realize. It's like when somebody says, I do and I love you and I'm going to marry you for the rest of my life. It's that sharing, the willingness to share your life with somebody. This was God consummating his relationship with us by giving us this ever-present force, spirit, to be with us. And so because of that, Besides the gift of Good Friday and Easter, the death and resurrection of Christ, this day is just as critically important in our relationship with God as anything else. And so we got to think about this. And what's fascinating is that this day is so reminiscent to another event early in the Bible. And I know you've heard it being connected before, but I want to share a different ideal on it. And that is this day, just think about it, this the original day of Pentecost <clears throat> all of Jesus' disciples and followers are hanging out in a, um, in a building, in a room, and also the Holy Spirit comes down, and boom, they start talking different languages. I think that would have been quite fascinating to be there to see and seeing the flame, you know, who needs candles, right? And uh, they sit there, there, all of a sudden they're talking, but they understand each other. And that moment was reminiscent to the Tower of Babel story. You remember the Tower of Babel right back in chapter um, uh, 7 of uh, Genesis. There, there these, these um, egotistical men and women, they decide they're going to try to build a tower that goes all the way to heaven. My question is, they obviously didn't know how big the sky is, how much space. I don't think all the world's resources could, even if today if you wanted to. But just, it's just the amazing audacity of it is always um, um, blows my mind when I think back on the Tower of Babel. But the Tower of Babel, they're building and they're building, and God says, enough, because it's not really about God. They were building it for themselves. They were all about themselves. They were like, we are so great, we can even get up to the point of where God is. So it's, um, it's, it, was a, it was a testimony to ego. And so God says, I'm going to humble them, and he gives them different languages. And in that case, they were com completely confused. They were so baffled, they were confused, and it stopped them from doing anything, because to do a major project requires unity, right? And so they couldn't speak to each other. They didn't know how, what was going on. And it's, and it's really great because this story, uh, the Torah story of the power of Babel is right at the beginning of the Bible. And it sets the stage, and if you look at it, it sets the stage for the kind of relationship Jesus has with his people. Because our God, I should say, in the Old Testament, God is always trying to come down and engage with the people, and the people don't quite understand it, and they keep missing the boat. They keep missing the point, And they continue to frustrate God. And then God tries multiple ways in which he can connect with them. First, he tries the patriarchs, which are Abraham, Sarah, and, um, um, and then on down, jo uh, Jacob, and um, Rachel, and, um, and Joseph, and the 12 tribes, or the 12 brothers of Israel. And then eventually, they go, they end up being in um, Egypt. And God delivers them from slavery. So a whole new relationship begins with Joshua. And we get the judges. 
And God says, well, maybe I can speak through the judges. That didn't work. And so he answered their prayer by saying, let's give them kings. That didn't quite work out either. And then he gave them prophets, and they killed a lot of those prophets. That didn't work. And all through the Old Testament, that's what you see, is God trying to connect with his people, and the people are speaking different languages in a way. They don't connect. They can't connect. And God is trying to find different ways. And the, 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 the shadow of the Tower of Babel continues, and, and, and the people continues to not be able to understand what God is trying. And God is trying to reach out and be ever-present in their lives, and they don't get it. They continue to spurn God. They continue to turn away. And then comes Jesus, which is the final, according to the Bible, the final attempt of, of God to connect with his people. And what he does is that he says, enough, I'm going to give my son up. And when he rises from the dead, all of this stuff will be made known. And so the last manifestation of, of God's attempt to connect with us is through Pentecost. And the difference between Pentecost and the Tower of Babel is that the Tower of Babel, the people were all focused on themselves. They were all about their ego. They were all about who they, what, who they are and what they can be and how great they were. It was all about their ego. But here, these people have, you know, sitting in that room, and all of humanity now saw to the length, what length God would, will go and what he was willing to do for his own people. And these people, instead of being confused by the languages, saw it as a gift. They had a spirit of reception. They understood now that God was coming to them as an agent of life, as a person, as a force of giving them direction, as a helper, and as Christ says, as an advocate to help them go through the turmoils and unsmoothness of the path of life. And so the difference is that the Old Testament version of the Pentecost, which is the Tower of Babel, was a time where people had no interest in God. They didn't want to hear from God. They couldn't hear God. And so they were doing things on their own. There is a text, um, there's a verse in uh, Proverbs that says, you know, men plan their lives, but God directs their steps. And we often plan, and when, when, when we plan, we often are worried about our own selves, right? How often have you planned for somebody else? You usually don't. You're planning for yourself. You do things for yourself. But ultimately, perhaps it is God that is guiding our steps. And how close we, are, how close we walk with God is how much we allow God to guide our steps. And so the story of Pentecost has the shadow of ego in it from back 2,000 years before it with, I'm sorry, 1,000 years before it with the Tower of Babel, right? And, and it echoes on down through the entire Old Testament. And there, at this moment where all the disciples are standing and all their friends are sitting there listening to St. Peter, and they're speaking in different languages, but instead of being confused, they are all of a sudden unified with a grand vision a grand vision of being the church, of being about mission, of going out into the world and to proclaim it. So instead of building up our ego, Pentecost is about going out and sharing God. It is a, almost a reverse of what 
that day at the Tower of Babel was, it was all about. And so the legacy of this day is that it is a day in which we shed ourselves, at least the church, ourselves of, our, of, of who we are and embrace a whole new identity as children of God, but also as servants of God, going out into the community. And when we do so, we now know that we don't do it alone. We are always going to have the advocate with us. We're always going to be guided by the Spirit of God. And that wherever we go, God is the ever-present force in our lives. And that's such a great gift. And because of that gift, we count it among some of the most important days of our church's calendar, but as important days of our life as Christians. Because without this, where would we be? How would we know? that God is with us. Without the advocate, we would always question. Without the Holy Spirit, we would always wonder. And without the assurance of the knowledge that God walks with us, we may not be so bold to go out and do his work. So I invite you. This is a day where we celebrate. We're going to eat cake later and maybe blow out some more candles. right? But it's more than that. It's a time where we celebrate because we are continually called by God, by Christ, to go out into the community, to serve one another within the congregation, to lift each other up in prayers here and around the world, and to take the time to really think about our own personal calling as Christians, as children of God, as people of Christ, how, and how Christ is calling us and how we are being used by Christ, and how we allow God to direct our, our steps so that when we move forward, we do so in unity with other people within the congregation and out in the greater and universal church. And so I invite you, this is a time, let's celebrate, but also a time to recommit, take time this week to really recommit and, and ask yourself, where am I with God? And how can I become a better disciple for God? And how can I let go of my ego enough, or even more, so that God is guiding our steps? And so that the words we say, the actions we do, bring forth God's glory, so that the world may know we carry the flame of faith of Christ upon our heads, and so that they, too, may get to know Christ. Let us pray. <clears throat> Dear Lord, we're so grateful that you continue to love us. You continue to call us into ministry in our respective lives. We ask you, Lord, to, keep us, to continue to keep us ever mindful of all that we have to do in our place of lives and work. We ask you, Lord, that when we are faced with opportunities to share your love and grace, that we do so with boldness, and that when we're unsure, that we do so anyway, trusting in you and having faith, in that you will give us the words and actions that we do. We ask you, Lord, that in this congregation that we continue to be blessed and that this congregation continues to be a beacon of hope, love, and faith for all those that engage it and allow us to be a church that serves your world and is guided by your wisdom. In your name we pray. Amen. Let us confess our faith with the words of the Pentecost Creed. Let all those who believe that there is only one God, our powerful Father, respond, Amen. Amen. Let all those who believe that God is the creator of all that exists in the universe respond, Amen. 
Amen. Let all those who believe that Jesus Christ is the Father's only Son and that he is equal to the Father in every way respond, Amen. Amen. Let all those who believe that Jesus became a human being through the power of the Spirit and was born of the Virgin Mary respond, Amen. Amen. Let all those who believe that Jesus truly suffered and died and that by his death he redeemed us from the power of evil respond, Amen. Amen. Let all those who believe that he will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead respond, Amen. Amen. And let all those who believe that the Holy Spirit is equal to the Father and the Son that is the giver of life respond, Amen. Amen. Let all those who believe that the Spirit came down upon the disciples at Pentecost and still works in the mists of the church today respond, Amen. Amen. Let all those who believe that Jesus established one holy Catholic and apostolic church and that it is called to share in God's eternal life respond, Amen. Amen. This is the faith of the church and our faith. We are proud to profess it and give thanks to God. Amen. Trusting in God's promise of new life, we pray for the renewal of the church, the world, and all of creation. We especially lift up to you this day, Lord, Mary Lesher and the life that she was given and the life that she lived. We, are, we count ourselves lucky to be the few that have gotten to know her in her life. And we commend her, Lord, to your safekeeping and to your ever-present, um, your ever-constant presence for her. May she dwell in you in peace. Lord, we lift up to you the mission of this congregation as we continue to seek ways in which we can serve you, the ways in which we uh, serve each other and the ways in which we proclaim your love through our worship services and through our outreach and through our fellowship. Lord, we ask you to keep us ever present as we do, uh, faithful as we do so. We lift up to you those who are not able to be with us because they're vacationing, as it is now the time in which people take respite and holidays. We lift up to you those who are not able to be with us because they're recovering from various surgeries and, and medical issues. We ask you that they are healed according to your will and that they're able to be back with their families and the church family in due time. We especially lift up to you Herman, Bruce, Hulda, Christine, Ray, Roger, Wilbur, Linda, Randy, Ed, Kay, Edna, Thelma, Carl, and Carol. Lord, we lift up to you all the leaders of this world that, we, that they are guided by your spirit and that whatever plans they devise are according to your will and that all their steps are, are um, um, directed by you so that, um, the, so that your will, your wish for this world, for our nation, and for all people according to what you envision. We ask you, Lord, that all of us individually have the opportunity to recommit ourselves to you and that we understand that though the disciples were called to do ministry in amazing ways, that we too can be called to do ministries in our own amazing ways. Let this time be a time where we recommit our faithfulness to you, our willingness to serve you, and our, and our willingness to also dedicate ourselves to you by serving others in our various ways. Lord, we lift this in all the other prayers, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. You may be seated.
Let us pray together the offertory prayer. Risen one, as you broke bread with the disciples on the shore, meet us now in this meal. Nourish us to follow you, using our gifts to feed the hungry and tend the weary, and all for your love's sake. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, through our Savior Jesus Christ. You called your people to cleanse their hearts and prepare with joy for the Paschal Feast that renewed in the gift of baptism we may come to the fullness of your grace. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending. Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. With this bread and cup, we remember the Lord's Passover from death to life as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. O God of resurrection and new life, pour out your Holy Spirit on us and on these gifts of bread and wine. Bless this feast. Grace our table with your presence. Come, Holy Spirit. Reveal yourselves to us in the breaking of the bread. Raise us up as the body of Christ for the world. Breathe new life into us. Send us forth, burning with justice, peace, and love. Amen. With all your holy ones of all the times and places, and with the earth and all of its creatures, with sun and moon and stars, we praise you, O God, blessed and holy Trinity, now and forever. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, gives everyone a place at the welcome table. Alleluia. Come to the feast. Amen. You may be seated. Let us pray. Life-giving God, in the mystery of Christ's resurrection, you send light to conquer darkness, water to give new life, and the bread of life to nourish your people. Send us forth as witnesses to your Son's resurrection, that we may show your glory to all the world, through Jesus Christ, our risen Lord. Amen. Now as you go on your way, remember always that the blessing of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit surround and sustain you, keep you from harm, and fill you with courage. Amen. You are the body of Christ raised up for the world. Go in peace and share the good news. Alleluia. Thanks be to God. Alleluia.